Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Hello and welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. Today, I'm excited to bring on a fellow mama, Laura Schulte. She's a mom, a wife, a podcaster of the Generation.Mom podcast, a coach and a believer in doing motherhood your way. But today I'm really excited because she focuses on the ultimate life tool. And I can't wait to dive into this episode talking all about that. So welcome, Laura. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad we get to connect. I know. I love connecting to other mom podcasters. I wanted to start off by asking you, what was your biggest mom win of the week? Oh my goodness. You're catching me off guard. It's honestly, so today's Wednesday. If we're starting that Monday, I mean, I can't say I have many. I, I will say, I'll be completely honest and candid. We are just like going through the thick of it with a three and a half year old. This morning, he was slamming his door in my face. Like he's a perfect teenager. I felt like I was dealing with a 13 year old. But yesterday, I'm not going to say this is, a, I mean, this is a win because I think it has to do with my personal self-awareness, but really was having a rough morning with both boys and recognize kind of the best thing I could do with my children was to separate them. So fortunately, you know, we're in the midst of really a stay-at-home order and quarantine right now. Hello, 2020. And I recognized with, of course, the help of my husband, kind of just venting to him that what we needed and what I needed to do was to separate them. And so I called my mom who's in our little pod. I can't not see her. I need her help. And I asked her basically to take my older son for the remainder of the day. And I think just having that self-awareness of like where I was at and also where he was at really was necessary. So I'm just going to say my mom win of the week was not a traditional mom win, but just having the self-awareness to know what myself and my family really needed at the time. I think that's a win. That's good. So I wanted to also give some context about where you're coming from, your family situation. So tell me how many kids do you have? What are their ages? And what does your family structure look like? So the roles that you and your husband play. Oh, goodness. All right. So it's my husband and I, his name is Taylor, and I'll go a little bit more into him in a second, but we have two little boys, ages three and a half and just over two. So they're 18 months apart. The older one's Sawyer, the younger one is Sutton. And we are actually expecting a little girl coming in the spring of 2021. This is the first like public announcement I've made about that actually. So we're very Breaking excited. news on our show. <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah. I think I'm sharing the rest of the news with the rest of my you know, personal world via our Christmas card. So yeah, public information now. So those are our little kids and we do have a little dog who is our fur baby. Her name is Paisley. She's a French bulldog. 
And as far as the dynamic of our family, so Taylor and I have been together, we're coming up on 17 years. We met when we were very young. We met the very first day of college and we didn't start dating right away, but soon and just really connected. And I'm very fortunate to have had him to grow up with really and work really, really hard together. And we're both since becoming parents, especially, and I would say even before getting married, we got very intentional with our relationship and also how we parent and how we live our lives. Taylor is an entrepreneur. He owns a wealth management firm and does a lot of consulting in the industry itself, helping other wealth managers really excel their careers. And it's very demanding and being married to an entrepreneur, like many mamas on this show probably know, it kind of takes a specific skill set to be a wife of an entrepreneur. So we basically have tried, you know, all different types of ways to navigate that and have recently kind of found what's working for us right now. It might not work forever. And then I worked in the corporate world for well over a decade. And for the last five years have been kind of, I don't want to say moonlighting, but I was because I was working for somebody else at the time as a life and business coach. And yes, when I had my children, I moved kind of more out of the business side of talking to small business owners and medium-sized business owners and coaching them and their teams and talking more to mothers because that's where I felt my voice was more authentic. And so I've been doing that since I had Sawyer, since he was a little under one. So about the last two and a half years. And in 2019, I quit my corporate job and went off completely on my own, but completely on my own mostly means managing my family the majority of the time and then working on my own gig and the things that I'm passionate about and with the people that I'm passionate about basically whenever I have the time, which isn't much. And I have to be really intentional about finding that time and making that time. How do you intentionally find that time? Like what, what does your schedule kind of look like right now? So right now, again, having to get really creative in 2020 for the first few months, I was just trying to manage it all on my own, which was complete chaos and really not doing anything super well. And then really got intentional. So we decided not to send our boys back to preschool and instead brought in a babysitter of theirs. And I wanted them to still have kind of a preschool curriculum. So created something with the help of, I'm sure a lot of you follow her, the busy toddler, Susie Allison. She's a personal friend of mine as well. And kind of used her program to do a little stay at home preschool for my boys with their babysitter. So the boys had structure on the days they had their babysitter, but they also were learning from somebody else and learning to respect and be disciplined by somebody else that wasn't my husband or I or their grandparents. So she comes two days a week and that gives me time to talk to women like you and work on my business and do something creative and work my brain differently. And maybe if I'm not working on my business that day or even working my brain creatively, I can go do something that benefits the family, whether that be something as simple as like organizing the linen closet that just like kind of gives me that time so I can focus in on whatever it is I need to be done without being distracted by the toddlers because otherwise it takes days and hours to get anything done. So yeah, the kids have her two days a week and then two days a week I have the kids and earlier we had a lot more kind of structure. It was like one day was kind of like our wild fun day. We didn't know what we were going to do. And the other day I had my older one in an outdoor soccer program. So that was good, but that's ended. So 
we are now just having two kind of full wild free days. And then my mom, like I had mentioned, she's been helping us a lot more and she is very close with the children. So she comes one day a week when I work with a women's group and she's with the boys. And then the days that I don't have the women's group, I'm very intentional about having the one-on-one time with the boys. So she'll take one boy, I'll take the other. Like I had mentioned, I noticed that my children really thrive when they're separated that way. I think a lot of that too, is just having that one-on-one time in our preschool. They taught us this thing called like the 20 minute cure. And it was, if you spend undivided attention with one of the children for 20 minutes, it fills their cup up. It's almost like, what do we do for self-care? It's like their self-care. It's like they get mommy or they get daddy or they get whatever that is. Totally. And when you lose sight of it, for our family, things go awry. Like I had mentioned, my mom win of the week was kind of realizing what it was that I needed and what my family needed. But I came together with my husband on that. And he was just like, Laura, like we had just finished Thanksgiving. We just finished. We went to the mountains right after Thanksgiving, just the four of us. And then we came home to a stay at home order. And he was like, look, there's been a lot of togetherness going on around here. And we've actually, there's a theory called Bowen theory. And it's about the family system and relationships. And we've studied this actually for over a decade with our personal therapist. And so we know that sometimes togetherness is not the solution to things and how it could really kind of fuse things and make things a little more wild than hectic. So we do try to establish a lot of one-on-one time with, you know, both my husband and I, and then both with the kids. And sometimes it's both my husband and I with one child. And anyway, so, and then give ourselves that individual time. So what I was getting at is Fridays, my husband actually takes off of work because most of the time as an entrepreneur, he's working 24 seven anyway. So that's his day to kind of like kick back. And he usually is playing golf or doing something creatively for his business, which is technically working, but it kind of fuels him a different way. And then on Saturdays, that's the day for me to choose what I want to do. If that's time I want to just go for a walk with a friend, or I want to work creatively on my own business, or if I decide I want it to be a family day, I get to choose and he gives me that freedom. And the game changer for us here was this book. And I talk about it a lot on the generation.mom podcast. We've interviewed him. I've been on his podcast, but the author is Jim Shields. He owns a company called 18 summers with his wife, Jamie, and they're an amazing couple. They have a podcast themselves called 18 summers and they have a book called the family board meeting. And it's all about getting really intentional and establishing these rhythms in your family that it looks like you're very regimented, but it also, it really gives you freedom and creates these really good relationships and while also giving everybody, kind of fueling everybody the way they need to be fueled. So we took that book very seriously. It takes like an hour to read. So I recommend it to everybody. I'll link that in the show notes. (laughs) Yes. And we really implemented it into how we run our lives and it was a game changer for us. So that's kind of how we work and we're operating right now. It might not be the solution for us forever, but with two small children and being two entrepreneurs, or at least having entrepreneur mindsets, that is how we find living our lives as easily as possible. During the like you time, do you allocate any you time every single day or is it just a Saturday thing? And if so, what are your favorite things to do to kind of fuel you up? So I do, I'll be honest. I, the last few months I was in my first trimester of pregnancy and this pregnancy kind of shook me more than any other pregnancy where I did not feel good. So my you time really consisted lately of a lot of sleeping which I think it was just like realizing that's what I need. 
But normally when I'm feeling good, unfortunately I'm feeling good now. So I've been able to start implementing this every morning. I will wake up before the kids and I will start my morning in prayer or meditation or journaling. And then I will move. And what into, time is that at? Well, I mean, I'm not there hundred percent yet, but it was five thirty or six. And right now it's like more like six 30 or seven. And my husband's a little late to work. But on the days that I'm able to kind of do it, and I'm again, I'm not too hard on myself at this point in time, because I'm just kind of getting back into my groove. But with that being said, I try to spend like my first 30 minutes and doing something like that. And just being in silence, honestly, because I'm not going to be in silence for the rest of the day. And then I jump my on. My husband, I was going to say, my husband <laughs> last night literally said, I wish we didn't teach our children how to talk. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Because there's like never silence. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh gosh. Talking or screaming. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm in a house full of boys and it's just like sound effects all day long. (sighs) Sorry. Anyway. No, it's okay. But then I try to jump on my Peloton and that was like the best thing I've ever purchased in my life, by the way, that and LASIK eye surgery. Those were completely worth every penny, but yes, the Peloton. So I'll go on the Peloton for like 20, 30 minutes, just to get my body moving. And that's basically the me time I try to give myself every day. And then again, I try to be aware of what do I need? Does my brain need to be worked creatively? Do I need to connect with somebody? What is it that I need? And just really get in tune with whatever it is and spend that time. And usually it's days that I have the, the sitter come in doing whatever it is that feels right. And like, just really getting in tune and alignment with that. I'm personally curious, what are your drivers? So we'll go into it a little on the ULT, but I'm curious, what are your personal drivers? So, yeah, so I will have to, this is not going to yes. make a whole lot of sense to anybody yet because I haven't gone into the ultimate life tool, which is the ULT, which is an assessment test, a psychometric assessment test that I use with my clients to teach them all about themselves. So drivers, which you're referring to are basically our, our strengths. And so my strengths are aesthetic sensibility, which is all about presentation. So it's, you know, kind of presenting myself in a way that I feel is in alignment with who I am and makes me almost receive positive feedback, but not only presentation, like the way I look or maybe how my house appears, but, and sharing my talents and my my voice. And so like things like this, like that fuels that part of me. So you want to do things that fuel your strengths. And then my other one is creating order, which is about having things in order, which when I go into what my family schedule and routine looks like, (laughs) that makes a whole lot of sense. That's why it works for me. And then I have this other one, which is optimism. And it's that things need to like feel good and be fun for me. So those are my strengths, which you're referring to as your drivers. I was curious. Yeah. Because you were talking about stuff you like to do and like why you need it this way. And so it's interesting because I have optimism and aesthetic sensibility. Also, we will go into that. Let's talk about what you're doing now. You were in business and life coaching. You were helping businesses. Mm -hmm. What were you kind of doing and how did you pivot to where you are now? Yeah. 
So as I had mentioned before, I'm a life and business coach. I'm a certified life and business coach. And I was certified through a company called the U Institute, which is your own understanding. And they have a psychometric assessment tool, which is called the ultimate life tool that basically you get all the coaching foundation as a coach going through it, but you also get to learn how to use a special tool. And the tool itself is founded in science and grounded in nature. So we really look at the nature of a person and we look at basically what you're made up of. So not who you are and your past history and all that, but what you are just like an animal. You know, we know certain things about animals and what they are and why they behave that way. Well, we as humans and individual humans that all really are made up differently, we all have different needs and nature has made us a certain way for a reason. So this psychometric assessment tool really taps into that. And then I'm able to look at it and see how each person is uniquely designed and educate them on how to live their life feeling good and what they can do when they're not feeling well to get better and better into alignment. So I'm curious, how does that differentiate? So I'm like a a test junkie. Like I love Mm -hmm. Enneagrams and Myers-Briggs and Pearson, you name it. I think I've taken a a Colby. I've taken almost every assessment to try and figure myself out or whatever. I also took the ultimate life tool. How Mm -hmm. is this different than the rest? So yeah, no, thank you for asking that because there's literally thousands of these types of tools and they come out all the time. And so the ultimate life tool really does not compete with other tools, with other assessment tests like that, of all the ones you just named. We are founded in science and based and grounded in nature. And we really serve as a comprehensive foundation for all those other psychometric assessments to really stand on, if that makes sense. So I can almost take any other psychometric tool and fit it into the ultimate life tool. Because again, we are grounded in nature and we're looking at what you are, not who you are, not your essence, not your past, none of that. Okay. Right. No, Cause when course- you take like a lot of those tests, you're like, Oh, would I do this? Well, what, what sounds good in my head? Or it's mm-hmm. like, it's more psychological versus like, this is how I appear. Am I symmetrical or not? <laughs> yeah. Like this is really, we do take a lot of somebody's physicality into this test. And there's a lot of we, we do look at that because that's our true nature. And so how do you show up? You know, what is your true nature? And so we look at that. So kind of going back into my history as a coach and how I did this, I was working in the corporate world and I really, I worked in sales and I thought, oh my gosh, this would be great for sales teams to better understand their clients, how to work better together, all of that, because ultimately none of us are the same. And you have to look like when you're looking at teams of people, let's just take a a sales team and a corporation. Each one of those people are going to have different talents, different strengths, different weaknesses, different energy levels, different ways to communicate. But it doesn't mean that they can't all be successful on their own. When a lot of the time in these corporations, it's very black and white. If you want to be successful and not even corporations in society, if you want to be successful, you do this. And it's not a one size fits all kind of deal. It's a you, your size fits you kind of deal. So I would go into businesses and organizations and really teach each individual about themselves. And then I would bring them together and teach them about them as a whole and how they can best operate and work together. And also so they could each understand each other better, right? When working together. And then of course their manager 
that was the key player was for them to understand, you know, Susie needs an opportunity to create order every day and, or she's going to need a planned structure where Billy is going to need an opportunity to actually like physically move his body, for example. And if you don't do that for either of them, they're going to be subject to energy drain. So how can we work together to like make sure everybody's fueled and working to their best ability for success? So I was doing that. And then I started having babies and like I had mentioned, my voice just felt more authentic in motherhood. And I was looking at how basically at myself and how grateful I was for this information because I was able to apply it to two things that were really essential. Actually, three things that were really essential at the time, partnering with my husband and parenting together with him, parenting a child on my own and understanding more about that child and myself and our relationship and how we're working. And also that transition into motherhood, which is known as matrescence. It is a huge shift. And I think that one thing that new mothers really have difficulty with is re-identifying with themselves once they become mothers. Yes, totally. It's finding that new identity. Like, who are you? Yeah. So what I decided to do because my voice again felt more authentic in the motherhood space. And I just liked talking to moms and people that were in, you know, basically the same area of life as me at the time. And that's why I was attracted to the corporate world when I was in the corporate world. But I saw that there was an opportunity to teach each woman and each person how to parent and partner to their skill set and help them through that transition of matrescence ultimately. And you know, how to re-identify with themselves. And you don't have to re-identify with yourself, you know, within the first six months of having a baby, your life before motherhood and after motherhood are totally new points of navigation. And so much is going to change and it's all, you know, you're constantly just kind of going to need to re-identify with who you were every single step of the way and connect with yourself that way. So that's what I'm able to do now. And Again, like this was all information that I was learning to help one area of the world. And it's now been able to kind of navigate and move to another. And I'm just so grateful for it and mostly grateful to how much it's helped me excel. So let's go into actually then how it's helped you give some of the things that you pulled from the tools and how you apply that to then either your life, your parenting, any tangible examples. Yeah, sure. So I'll just kind of give you a basis. So again, I've told you a little bit about what the ultimate life tool is and I'm not, you know, my coaching style isn't a hundred percent about the ultimate life tool. I give the ultimate life tool to my clients ahead of time before working with them or in the beginning stages of working with them. And that kind of gives me, and it gives them an operation manual to themselves. Right. And so again, I'm not giving them a whole one size fits all approach and I'm not telling them anything that works for me that works for them, that should work for them either. I'm literally going off and teaching them more about themselves and helping them again, re-identify with who they are. And it's freeing, you know, us as human beings, we are not like, we are actually a lot like automobiles, but we are not given an auto manual when or an operation manual, when we're born or when we become adults, we have to learn all of this stuff about ourselves as we go. And with, you know, the influence of society and so many things that we're just constantly taking in, I think it gets really muddy and we don't always see things clean and clear because we're taking on the opinion of other people. 
and doing things that don't suit our nature. So this ULT, what it does is it provides somebody that real information about themselves. And it's really simple. Honestly, what the ULT covers is your natural talents, your strengths and your weaknesses, and how you act in a place of being like fueled versus unfueled. It goes over your communication styles and how you communicate your levels of tolerance, what kind of people, places, and environments either make you feel comfortable and kind of fuel you or take energy from you. And then it goes over kind of how you see things. Do you see things from an angle of what is not working first? Or do you see things from an angle of what is working first? Or do you kind of see both? And it takes you a minute to kind of really decide what you want to approach and how you want to approach it. And then ultimately how much, you know, current, I'll say, you know, going back to the car analogy, how much fuel you have at that moment of time, are you at an energy drain or an energy gain? Like, where are you? And just understanding those simple things about yourself, you really know, you know, especially when you're in a point of energy drain, what you can do to get back to kind of refueling, if that makes sense. So for me, I know when I'm drained and I'm not maybe doing my best parenting, what it is, I mean, what steps I need to take in order to feel better so I can connect with my children better. The other part of it is I can now understand these things about my children. Now my children are two and three years old. They're not taking this assessment test, but I can, I can tell by, you know, their behaviors and their nature, what it is that they need. And I can remove labels from them. And not to say, and I am completely a believer in Western medicine and the things that we've been able to come up with and specific diagnoses, but take a lot of children that are diagnosed with ADD or just labeled ADD, not even diagnosed. Let's just go with the label, right? A lot of us are labeling ourselves or children as ADD. And we look at our school systems and the way that our schools are set up and our schools aren't really set up for children that need to move and that communicate through movement. And if you think about yourself and maybe somebody can relate to this that's listening, we all kind of open up through our communication in different ways. Some of us might open up like with physical touch and like a hug and then feel like they're able to open up a little bit more. Some of us might be fidgeters or, you know, people that are on the phone and they're kind of pacing back and forth and they need that movement to really open up. Other people just ask like tons of questions. And then there's some people that like things need to feel good. The environment needs to feel good. The temperature needs to be right. There can't be a smell that's off, you know, that will prevent them from opening up correctly. So understanding really kind of how you open up and you communicate and you learn is really important. And going back to what I was saying about like labeling our children with certain things like ourselves, like with ADD, well, let's look at the environment that we're teaching them in. And not to say that our school systems are a mess or anything like that, but it's not a one size fits all thing again. And so I think about our children and I think, okay, if we're putting them in a classroom, we're telling them to sit and listen, right? Well, those that communicate through actual movement, open up through movement, they're going to have a hard time and they're going to have a hard time sitting still. And they're going to be getting in trouble. And they're going to be told that, you know, they have attention disorders. And again, I'm not But then it puts Uh, a label in their head and they grow up saying, oh, I must not be able to pay attention or I, it puts limiting beliefs on kids at an early age and even on yourself. So say Mm -hmm. like, you know, you need something to feel good. You put a label on yourself and you put a limiting belief and it, it screws with your mindset. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. And that's exactly what it does. And, you know, I can't tell you the amount of people that have taken this assessment test, talked to a coach, walked through it. And, you know, it's not like, again, something where some people just take the test and they get the information and that's it. Other people take the test, they get continuous coaching, their coach kind of advises them, this is how you can go through life at more ease, or, you know, you look at a particular, you know, current situation, you say, well, you know, how are you doing with, like, where are you spending your time, you know, like things like that. And the coach will continue to kind of work through them. But a lot of people just take the test once and they read it. And they're like, how, I mean, this is how I felt the first time. It's like, nothing has ever explained to me more accurately. And I went through that test the first time before I was trained and I started highlighting everything. And I brought it home to my husband that night. I gave him 12 pages. I said, read this. I, I know you've known me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know you've known me like a decade, but like, here's everything about me. <laughs> Well, I was like, this is why I negatively like react in certain ways. I was like, my drivers are, you know, like I need things to be aesthetically pleasing. And when they're not like, these are the negative things that come about from it. But my other problem, and I think it's like my own mindset is these put a different type of label on us too. Cause I'm like, okay, so I'm driven by this. I'm driven by things that are aesthetic or optimism. And when they're not, I negatively react. But on the same sense, I'm like, okay, am I using it as an excuse? If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, am I now using this? Like, oh, well, I was not built that way. But then again, I think of the analogy, like I was not built to be a Ferrari. I'm not a Ferrari. So why do I need to act like a Ferrari kind of thing? Well, exactly. And that's when exactly you think, Yeah. I don't think it's an excuse at all. I think what you recognize is I don't use it as an excuse when I am not able to create order and therefore am acting manipulative because I'm coming out of my weaker state because I am at an energy drain. I recognize I'm acting manipulative. What is it that I can do right now for myself to get out of that and refuel myself so I can stop behaving this way? It's actually teaching you how to take accountability for how you feel and how you're working. Ah, that makes a lot more sense. So Mm -hmm. how have you used it in your relationship, say with your husband? In so many ways. I mean, honestly, the biggest blessing that this knowledge has taught me is acceptance, not non-judgment. And I think that is something as a world. And if we've learned anything in 2020, that is something that we need to continue on as a human species. And with my husband, we have a lot of alikeness and we have a lot of things that are opposite that, you know, we already knew, but then when you look at two tests side by side and you learn more about each other that way, you can really kind of like see it in different ways. And I know that one kind of talent or we call them styles in the test. And I'm not going to go too much into kind of like the lingo that we use as coaches with our clients because it gets a little confusing when talking to the public. But one of the talents that both my husband and I have and that are very strong and innate in us is something that we, we, we label it as regal, but it's really about like being a leader. And we really have great leadership traits, the two of us individually. And one thing I've realized is that when you're a leader, you kind of fight for the crown, right? And so my husband and I both kind of fight for the crown in our household. And it's like, who's going to be wearing that bigger crown and who's in charge here? And me ultimately knowing a couple of things. One, that my husband is a little bit stronger in that area than I am. And he's really ultimately needs a bigger crown than I do. 
I'm able to move into a different part of myself in order to manage the relationship and not to say that I'm not able to kind of be that queen and that leader in our household, but I do it in different ways. And I go into a different area of myself in order to kind of work properly with him when he's in that area of himself. Right. Does that make sense? That does. Do you then find that you, so if you can't be a leader and say like that relationship, you then apply it and say like, okay, I'm going to be a leader now in my business and apply like that need in a different category in your life. Absolutely. And it still happens in the family, you know, when we're not working on, let's say it's not on a solution on something together, you know, I've, I'm the one that manages the kids. Like I'm a leader when it comes to that. I'm a, I'm a leader when it comes to really managing this household and he's a leader in maybe some er some other areas of like our marriage and the way we operate as a family. And so, and he also gets to express that part of him through his work. And then I know that I get to go and express that part of me through my work and my women's groups and that type of thing. So I know that there's other areas of life where I'm going to fill that part of myself, but in working with him, I also know where I need to go in order to kind of balance the relationship at the time. So we don't have that friction and that fight over who technically has more control and power over something. Yeah. And then you end up in a power struggle, which is like power struggles with your kids too. Yeah. And, and that, that same thing can go in with your child. Um, I mean, I'm seeing that a lot. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm starting to see the same thing with my children. So with the, with small children, you start seeing a lot of these things come up in them as they age a little bit more. So I'm seeing a lot of these things naturally come up in my three and a half year old right now. And same thing. Teenagers. Yes. And he is going to innately be a leader. He just is. And we're starting to have that power struggle ourselves. And so just understanding like where I need to go to kind of meet him where he's at. And that's exactly where it is. It's not about trying to give a solution to people. It's about meeting them exactly where they are based on what they are. I love that. And meeting yourself where you are rather than trying to force yourself out of and be something that you're not. It's so interesting. It's such a different perspective than just taking a personality quiz and being like, oh, this is, you know, how I am. And this is like my excuse for like why I do things, but I love how it's like, this is your nature. So what can we do to really kind of improve and strengthen what you already have and what you're based out of. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so what are you kind of transitioning into now? So you're helping moms out with this or like, what's your kind of next steps? Yeah. So again, 2020 has just been like this wild year. I haven't had a ton of time to myself. My main goal this year has been to, again, I've been like over the course of the last three years, been transitioning kind of more out of like this corporate kind of business type of coaching and really going into motherhood coaching and teaching those three things that I meant, like, or that I said earlier, how to parent and partner to your skill set and navigate that transition of matrescence and re-identify yourself. And so that's my goal. And right now I'm kind of reestablishing how I share my information. And this next year, hopefully you'll see a new podcast come from myself and other ways of sharing that kind of content than working with women individually. And I'd eventually like to do more group coaching with women so they can kind of understand how everybody does things differently and that you don't need to be the mom next door 
but how to be yourself and also not judgmental of anybody in the way they're doing things either. And yeah, so it's just like basically right now what I'm doing is just working with people as I can when my time really allots and allowing myself to not put a ton of pressure on myself either. I think it's really hard when you are as somebody that is ambitious and has a lot of things they want to accomplish, but is also, you know, running the household and small children. And I am pregnant and pregnant and (laughs) three kids. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm a big believer in that we can have it all. I just don't think you can have it all at once. And so I'm in the season where I really look at my priorities and where are they? And like, right now I want to first be there for my family as much as I can without giving myself up. And then doing things that are making me feel good. And what are those things? And it's a great privilege. Not everybody gets that privilege. So because I do have that privilege, I try to be very, very patient and just really be in tune with myself and where I'm at and helping other women wherever I can, however I can, when it's right and suitable for me. So I'm put into alignment to do so, because if I'm drained for any reason, I'm not going to be able to show up for anybody else. Right. Well, on that note, I wanted to wrap up with a couple last questions. Sure. What is like a superpower that you gained once you became a mom that makes you either better in life, better in business, whatever that might be, but something you didn't have until you became a mom. Hmm. I think I've definitely become more patient. I feel like that's such an easy thing to say though. Vulnerability. I think that has definitely been something that's shown up with me in my journey into and through motherhood. And then lastly, what is your number one survival tip right now for moms to survive this season? Oh my gosh. Isn't it in a season? I mean, who knew? Oh, I think self-awareness, whatever you can do to be more self-aware, whether it be reading a book or listening to a podcast or taking an assessment test, taking the ULT. And I, I'm not really joking when I say that, but truly just getting more in tune and really kind of taking ownership for yourself and where you're coming from and what you can do to kind of shift things. Even if it's a little tiny thing, like going to bed earlier, taking accountability for yourself and your actions and how you're moving through things. And that is so much easier said than done. I get it, but we have to do the work. You have to do the work. You can't, and and the work's the hard stuff. And I'm sorry to like make your life harder but it's the truth. It is. I think that that self-awareness piece is so key because it'll help you in all areas of your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. where can we find you? And then I'll link it in the show notes to where they can get this assessment. Yeah, sure. So I am Laura Schulte everywhere on Instagram and that's where you'll find me and my business, laurashulte.com. Stephanie, I'm sure you'll spell it yes, out correctly. I will. We'll get the spelling incorrect, but it's L-A-R-A is my first name and Schulte, which is S-C-H-U-L-T-E. And that's where you could basically find me. I mean, those are the two best spots. I haven't been super active on social media in the last couple of months because I know for myself that I just cannot take all of like, I, I don't want to be a sponge to a lot that's out there right now. So being self-aware enough to protect myself in that way, but I will be back and I can't wait to share more with anybody who finds me. And again, yes, my website, like I had mentioned, laurashulte.com. And right now that is through, that's going through a pivot. So you'll see some changes over there. It's very more so geared towards business, but it's shifting over towards motherhood as I spend my spare time working on that. 
I love it. And then I'll link to how they can take the assessment and all of that and work with you. So yes. thank you. Yes. They can actually just go to my website and take the, the assessment from the website itself. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining today. That was really enlightening. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time. Thank you.